Well, it's my pleasure to welcome Terry and Helen Vanderwerf here. They are missionaries with Camino Global in Mexico, and it's a musical ministry, and also they work with Puebla Bible Seminary as well as a professor there. So please come up and share what the Lord has for you. I know uh, we've supported them for many years, and I know you'll be very interested in what Terry has to say this morning. Thank you, Terry. Thank you, Greg, and uh, good morning. Good morning. It's a privilege and an honor for us to be here uh, with you. Uh, who are the Vanderwerfs? Uh, just a real brief background. I was born and raised in Lansing, not too far from here. And then I attended Moody Bible Institute many years ago and uh, finished uh, a degree in music education from Michigan State. So that's kind of a little bit of my background. My wife is not from Michigan. She's from Mississippi. So how does somebody from Michigan meet somebody from Mississippi? We actually worked on staff for three years up in the National Music Camp in Interlochen, Interlochen, Michigan. So that's kind of how, how we met. After college, I served uh, at the First Baptist Church of Romeo, Michigan, so not too far from, from here uh, in the 80s. And at that place, that's where the Lord touched our hearts and called us um, into missions. And um, so that's uh, 25 years, 26 years ago, uh, we left with our, our family uh, to go to Mexico, to Mexico. And um, just, just a, a brief background, we'll show some pictures for you uh, as they're placed on the screen. Um, we have three children, uh, Amy, Becky, and Tim. And um, when we went out, Amy and Becky were just four and five years old. And um, so quite a, quite a, that was one of the big decisions for my wife. You know, do you go to missions? Do you raise your children on a foreign country or not? Uh, but it's been a blessing, been a blessing for us. And now our children are grown. And um, Amy lives outside of uh, Chicago. She, her husband's a youth pastor there, and they have four children. And um, our daughter, Becky, lives with... Um, her husband, actually met her husband in Mexico at one of our music camps, and they live in Puebla. And um, they have two, two little girls, uh, Ellie and Analia. Here we go. And um, so I'll just quickly show you some, some pictures. We live in uh, Puebla. Puebla's way down in the country. Uh, you've, you've supported for many, many years the, the Lloyds, Bob and Sylvia Lloyd. Uh, they were a generation before us, and they also served uh, in Puebla and even at the seminary sometime. This is how we looked when we went out, and right after ser serving in Romeo, and uh, the Lord called us. As you know, time goes by, family grows, and now it's just my wife and I um, serving, serving in Puebla. So this is just a real... Uh, couple pictures of her family. This is our daughter and her family. It's great. Those that are our age or above, it's great to be grandparents. And uh, we just are really enjoying that uh, time of our life. This is our daughter, Becky. And uh, we're very fortunate, very, very fortunate as, as missionaries to have two, two of our grandchildren uh, near us. Let me get this to... Go ahead. They're twin girls. Actually, a our daughter Amy has twins as well, so 
Um, that helps the numbers go up really fast. <laughs> Doesn't seem to want to advance. Um, can you do it back there? Or? Try again. Okay, well, if you're able to get it uh, to move, move ahead, I'll, I'll just keep on going. Um, we're actually serving in a number of different areas uh, in the city of Puebla. You've, you've heard the mention of Puebla Bible Seminary. I've been there 18 years now, and we've served, uh, I've served as a, a professor, mainly in music and worship, um, those type of classes, also the head of the music department. We've served in administration of the seminary, and most re recently, I'm a member of the, the board of directors of the seminary trying to give direction and, and um, just help with the, with the development and growth, growth of the seminary. We've also, um, just this last term, here we go, there's, this is our, our, back up a little bit, push it on rewind, this is our, our son, he was actually born in Mexico, and he's now a senior at uh, Karen University, what used to be known as Philadelphia College of the Bible, out near Philadelphia, and so he'll be finishing up this, this next year. Uh, Puebla is one of the states, 31 states, it's one of, one of the states in Mexico, but it's also the name of the capital city of the same state. It's an old city founded in 1531, so you can do the math, but it's very, very old, a lot of, lot of history there. We're also at a high, high elevation, we're higher than the city of Denver, 7,200 feet. So people ask us, oh, it gets, aren't you so hot, or does it get so hot there, but we really don't, you get hotter here. And, in Michigan because of the high, high elevation. It's a large city, the fourth largest in Mexico. The metro area is about 2.9 million, almost 3 million, which would be comparable, I did some checking um, to the city of San Diego and its metro area, almost exactly the same, same population. We're surrounded by mountains, uh, four volcanoes. Three of them are inactive, but one still uh, says hi to us in, in the mornings or many of the days. and. Uh, it's, uh, it's beautiful. It's beautiful to see um, God's creation in that way. Uh, this is right downtown, the city hall. As I said, the, the architecture, a um, lot of old, old, old buildings, but it's also a modern city growing, growing by leaps and bounds, and we see growth uh, every time we go. You, I'm sure, heard about the earthquake. Actually, there were two strong ones, but the latest one in September hit the epicenter was 30 miles from Puebla. So you can see what happens with buildings that are over 400 years old. A uh, lot of damage in the city. Fortunately, people we know, our houses and everything are, are okay, but where most of the damage was done was out in the villages and the small towns. And so these next few pictures you'll see are taken by our co-workers, missionaries, um, believers from churches, and they've gone out to these cities to help these people whose homes have been uh, destroyed, devastated. Um, so much happening in our world with the hurricanes and the fires. And this is just a glimpse of what, what's happened in Puebla and the surrounding areas. Our mission, right after it happened, um, kind of scrambled around with people who knew what they were doing, wrote, an, wrote a gospel track related to fear and the earthquake, presenting the gospel, and the printed, they printed over a half a million. So, so pray for that as that, that goes out by churches, believers, the missionaries that are down there, that God would use that while people's hearts are, 
our sense here. We're home now uh, for five months, a short time, and uh, sharing, like I'm doing this morning, with you and many churches and people and uh, what God has been doing. This time we actually drove out. Usually we fly, and so um, it's around 2,500 miles. If you want to come visit us, you're welcome, but I would suggest the airplane. Uh, and this is uh, a mission house. We're based in Lansing at the church where I grew up, South Church in Lansing, Lansing, Michigan. Anyway, here's a, a couple pictures of the Puebla Bible Seminary that I mentioned. Small, but um, God has used it, training leaders uh, throughout the years. And we just continue to plug away. We'd love to see growth, and we pray to that end um, during the years. Uh, you can see I play trumpet, and so I enjoyed the the trumpet number this, this morning, that's what I grew up doing uh, in church and playing special numbers, and so I appreciated that, Ashlyn. We're also involved and have been involved in, in church planting. That was more in our earlier years where we helped start a church in another city. Uh, but yeah, on the weekends, we always um, try to help a young church, a new church in church development. That may involve preaching or teaching or just working alongside the pastor of the church we enjoy working with children, so we, uh, here we organized, just this past uh, August, a vacation Bible school for the neighborhood children, and that's always been a part of our lives and will always continue to be a part of our lives, on, especially on the weekends. Uh, a new area that God has allowed this last term is right in our neighborhood. We moved to a, a house more on the out, outskirts of the city. No church in the area, and uh, it's a, a fairly sizable house and we're just two of us and so we said God what what plan do you have and um, we just decided as a way to, to to meet our neighbors and minister to them I mean we stand out we're foreigners and you, we can't hide the fact that we're not Mexican um, and sometimes that creates a barrier who are you what are you doing and why are you here and so we decided to uh, begin to offer some neighborhood classes, one or two days a week, mainly in the afternoons. We both know how to play piano, basic piano, and so we teach beginning piano lessons to our neighbor kids. And they come in the house, and we get to know them. Once, these are a group of our students. Once a semester, we have a recital. We invite the families to come into the house. We have somebody that we know, a musician primarily, to share their testimony. And then we have a meal together. And so over, over the last few years, it's been so encouraging to us just to, to, to build these relationships and see trust and friendship form. And then, then it, that just opens the bridge to, to share Christ and share, share the gospel. We also teach English classes, a great interest in many, many countries around the world to learn English. So we do some of that as well. My wife knows how to cook some dirt desserts, as many of you do. So we said... Why, let's try it. So the neighbor ladies come in and um, they, they have a baking class, so I'll participate, and then while the, while the food or the cookies or cake or whatever is baking, then they present a devotion. And it's actually moved into a Bible study. So it's, it's been so neat, uh, kind of a different kind of ministry, uh, very personal, that God has allowed us to uh, be involved in this last term. Our main, ma main ministries, uh, you know, as, as I mentioned, we have a background in music, and uh, God has opened up some really exciting doors. One, one ministry uh, is our national music camp, 
It was started way before our time, but then the founders um, stopped doing it. They were too old and, and um, couldn't do it anymore. So I offered to take it over. And um, kids come from all over cent central Mexico, many, many different states. This was just our last four, the four years. And we w it's a 10-day camp, and we teach all of the instruments um, possible. I have to come up with a team about, of about 40 different teachers. Actually, one or two come down from the U.S. Uh, to help us out during the camp. And the kids uh, take classes all day long, six, seven hours of classes. They're all, all required to sing in the choir, uh, ensembles, private lessons. And uh, in addition to that, then we work with them spiritually, because that's one of the main goals of the camp. Um, through a, a, a speaker that we invite to come in, through devotions, just interaction. We live together for 10 days, so it's a, it's a great opportunity. And, and this camp especially, this past July, uh, we saw God working in unusual ways. Uh, we usually don't have these kind of numbers. We had seven young people trust Christ as their Savior. And ten, 10 young people during the camp made decisions to, to be baptized. So uh, just, just a blessing to our hearts. It's a lot, a lot of work. But uh, we've really seen um, a lot of fruit through that throughout the year. And then a final ministry um, that God has just opened the door to. We did not go to Mexico to do this. But I was invited by some pastors to, to work in this area, form a choir together from the local churches my first answer to them was no. I didn't see how. God changed my heart, and that was a number of years ago. But that has grown by leaps and bounds. And we'll have up to 450, 500 people participating now in our concerts. Um, also, the city government of Puebla has invited us to sing downtown the last three Decembers. And um, they block off two of the streets. We're right by City Hall there. They cover the costs, uh, the things that we can't cover. And um, it's just been an incredible opportunity that God has allowed us to have. This is a view from the top of that tree out into the audience. We'll have about four to 5,000 people uh, who attend that. And so something we never expected or planned, but God has um, graciously opened doors for that. And uh, then this is back in the auditorium. This was last December. Um, 270 in, in the adult choir, 90 in the kids' choir, 55 in the orchestra, uh, handbells, some ballerinas, narrators, so soloists. So it's quite a, quite a package to pull together. Uh, but God has used that with um, just in a creative way to plant the seed, and, uh, we, and we do see many people come to know Christ uh, through that event. We actually include a gospel message as part of those concerts. Just to give you an idea, we didn't start off like this. Um, back in 2000, we announced it to the churches, and we had 13 people come to the first rehearsal. So to see what God can do uh, over the years. This morning, I'd like to share with you a few thoughts uh, related to this. What, what is your purpose? What purpose does God have in your life? We're all, we're all at many different ages here. Um, my father passed away two years ago, and one thing, my mom, she will be 86 in a few weeks, and one thing she's been struggling with is uh, what, what purpose do I have now? What purpose in life? 
but it's, it's a valid question. What is our purpose in life? Um, Dr. Tony Evans, many of you might have heard of him. He's a speaker and pastor in Dallas, Texas. He said this. Too many Christians are living their lives without a sense of purpose. They're settling for an existence totally defined by the limits of their houses and jobs and cars and churches. But when we as followers of Christ settle for that kind of life, we miss God's reason for redeeming us and positioning us here on earth. In other words, we miss our kingdom calling. He continues and he said, I've, I've had times at work, at church and at home when I wondered, where's the adventure in this? Where are the thrill and satisfaction that are supposed to come with serving the creator of the universe? In each of those situations, what I ultimately discovered was that I needed clarity in my calling. I needed to refocus my life on the purpose God created me to, to fulfill according to his kingdom agenda. There's a statement I'm sure most of you have heard, many of you have heard. Uh, it says this, man's chief end is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. It comes from the Westminster Catechism. Man's chief end is to glorify God. W what does that mean? When we, when we, it's, it's nice to say, but, but what does that mean to us? 2017. Well, I think it's tied in with two important passages in Scripture. One, both in the Gospels. One is the, what we call the great commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength and all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. But then we, we tie that in with then what we call the Great Commission. Go, in there, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And I think when we unite these two key verses in Scripture, that gives us a a little better idea what it means to glorify God. Um, uh, just jotted down in my own words, live in obedience to God as a testimony of a transformed life. Live with a passion to reach the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And those two things need to go hand in hand. You know, we open up our home as I shared about these classes, we probably have 20 to 25 people in our house every week. And um, if they don't see a difference in our lives, if they don't see us living in obedience to God in how we live as a couple, as a family, in our way we, we act, then as we try to share Christ with them, it loses its impact. So they, they, they really need to go uh, hand in hand. My purpose in life is not, my, not just my job. We need to work, and it's great, great to work. We have to provide. But that's not our main purpose. It's not to build up the biggest financial portfolio possible. It's not to be a fanatic for my favorite sports team. They'll eventually let you down. It's not looking, uh, lived to live looking for the latest thrill. Um, those are things which many people live for, people that are, are, are neighbors and people around us. Our purpose in God's kingdom should be to be an ambassador for God, in the, uh, for the God of this universe, in my own family, in my workplace, 
in my neighborhood and around the world. You know, we come home every four years, more or less, and you listen to us. We show pictures and show some uh, neat things that God has done. And that's biblical. The Apostle Paul did that. But how great it would be for us to sit down with you. Hey, we've been gone four years. You tell us, what has God done in your life? How has God used you in your context, in your workplace, in your neighborhood, with your family, in your, in your church? Because we're all, we're all ambassadors, not just the missionary that we send out, but we're all part of this. And, and that thought is really what sent us out, what moved us 25, 26 years ago to get on that airplane with our two little girls and start a new life, leave family, leave home, learn a new language, a new culture, uh, with that purpose in mind. You know, okay, so our, our purpose, that uh, we've established that, but just based on our, our experience, let me show f uh, share four ideas, four, four areas which, which are part of the practical working out of this purpose in our life. One is what I would like to call platform. What is, what is platform? A definition would be, not definition, but, a, but some idea. What abilities, ask yourself, what abilities, what personality, passion, and circumstance has God allowed in your life that could enable you to minister to others? Uh, a, 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 a recent example in the secular world, many of you have heard of J.J. Watts. He's a football player. He's a Houston Texans. And uh, you know the devastation in Houston. And he decided to raise some money and put a goal out there. Well, he way, way, way surpassed that goal. I think it's up to, finally, up to $37 million. And the, and the reason he could do that was because of his platform as a star football player. It, it, it multiplied the impact on that. Another example, perhaps very different, Think of the name Johnny Erickson Tata. Uh, as a Christian young lady in her teen years, she had an accident and she was paralyzed um, from her neck down. And that's a platform. Even a negative circumstance, God has used that over these many, many, many years. She's spoken and shared with millions and millions and millions of people because of that, what I would call platform, the circumstance, which we would think is very negative. In Scripture, one example of a platform, a negative platform, negative circumstance, I should say, in Acts 16, and that's the passage when Paul and Silas were sharing uh, the gospel and they were arrested, beaten, and thrown into prison and chained up. Negative circumstance, but they decided, by, by God, with God's help, to respond in a supernatural way. They didn't complain. They prayed and sang hymns, Scripture tells us in Acts and they responded in a different way. And then when that earthquake came and the, the prisoners were let free and the jailer was about to kill himself, Paul says, stop, stop, we're all here. And the jailer, as you, you know the story, said, what, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And that was their platform because of the way, the supernatural way they responded to that. Uh, that wouldn't have happened if they'd gone in there um, complaining as most of us, that's the natural human uh, instinct. In our own lives, one of our platforms this term has been our house. We moved to a new house. Lord, what do we do? You provided this. We didn't plan on this. And I, I've shared how God has used our house as a platform for ministry. 
Another very different example, I mentioned my father passed away a couple years ago. He has always had a, a heart for missions. My dad and uh, my older brother serves in Bosnia, has for over 30 years, and we're in Mexico. And um, so he's had a burden for missions, but also for prayer. And he, 15, 17 years ago, he was retired, had a lot of time, and really had a burden to pray. And so he asked permission at the church over in Lansing, um, can, we, can I start a small group to pray for missionaries? Obviously, he had a vested interest with two of his sons on the mission field. And uh, so he found two or three other people who agreed to meet with him. And they would, every Wednesday before the service, they would come early and pray specifically for the missionaries the church supported. And sometimes just two people. Sometimes three people, and, and it can get discouraging, but he kept on, he kept on, and kept on all of these years and, and until his death uh, a couple years ago. We came, we came home late August. We're in the same church when we're not traveling, and I decided I'm going to go to that meeting that's still going. And I walked in there the first Wednesday, and there were 24 people there. And they're members of it, so very well organized, and each one is assigned five missionaries to pray for, a retired missionary to pray for, an organization. And they meet together. They say, okay, what have you heard? What news do you have? And they share that and then go to prayer. And I was just amazed. Here's a man retired. You might think, I don't have much to do, but he had time. And that was his platform. And God used that as we faithfully uh, step out. And then, uh, as you know, a plat great platform God has used for us is our, our music musical ability. Um, we didn't go to Mexico for music. We went for, to share Christ and share the gospel, but over the years, God has opened up doors, tremendous doors of ministry in the area of some of our abilities, and that has been a platform for us. As we think of platform and, and we pray about it, God, what can I do the way I am, the way you created me, my abilities, my circumstances, and as, we, as he begins to lead us or puts an idea in our hearts, the next very, very important step is, is prayer. We need to pray about it. We need to step out in faith and say, I don't see how. Uh, I don't know how this is going to happen. I don't know how I'm going to do this. But God, I trust you. I trust you. Years ago, we received a birthday card from one of our churches. And uh, it's inside. It's signed and everything. But this was a card. And it was right, right, in the heart of one of those choir seasons. And you see the nice pictures, but you don't see the, the work behind it. And you don't see the, the days and weeks of asking, how is this going to happen? How, how is this going to come together? How are we going to pay for this? You don't see that. And humanly speaking, it's sometimes impossible. Impossible. We face many, many difficult um, situations. And so I kept that card. I put it on my desk. And just every time I go in my office, it's just a reminder. We walk by faith. And all that we do, every ministry we're involved in, uh, every relationship that God leads us to try, to try to share with somebody, it should be by faith. And so prayer is a very important part of that, that process. This past um, year, as we were building the structures and the risers and the platforms for the concert, uh, the, that's a lot of people to put on risers and everything, 450 people and figure that out. And so the guys, as we were working on this, they calculated we had about four and a half to five tons of structures. 
And so we needed it as a semi-trailer. We couldn't, you can't do it in vans or cars or tr you know, normal trucks. We needed a semi-truck. We didn't have one. And that's expensive to rent because it's all day long to load it and to unload it and, and everything. And we didn't have that money. You're talking up in the thousands of dollars because we needed it seven times. Well, you know, we prayed about that and God provided through the boss of one of our believers, a non-Christian, who was asked and, and the, the, the need was presented. And he allowed us to use his truck for seven, seven days, seven times, without charge, and he paid for the driver himself. He's a non-believer. But God can move, you know, Scripture, God can move mountains. And God, God can do that. Well, platform. We think, what can we do? We step out in faith, and you're going to encounter problems. You're going to encounter problems, and we know the passage in 2 Corinthians where Paul said, you know, we face so many obstacles, and even to the point of death sometimes, he said. But by God's grace, we, we continue on. And we could share some of the difficult things we've had, but this last term, one of the difficult things we face is um, this house that I mentioned for ministry and where we moved. It's been broken into twice. Twice, and... Um, it's very unsettling and it just kind of makes you uncomfortable and shakes your world up but that's just part of that opposition we have not sensed the need to move because God has provided such wonderful opportunities and that's just part of that that challenge and opposition and we just sense God still wants us there and that alone is a testimony to our neighbors uh, as they, they watch us and observe us and so you will, you will encounter challenges and problems. It's just part of what ministry is. But God is greater and often will take a problem, turn it around for his glory. This first time we were broken in, I had almost $2,000 in the house of, of camp money paid by students who were going to our camp. And, and it was just sitting there. We were three days before camp and that was stolen. God, what do I do? That's not even my money. And uh, God moved in those days and brought in donations and we actually received more money than we'd lost and we were able to provide over 20 partial scholarships to the camp. And so God takes a problem and he has a way of turning that around. And then finally, as you work in that purpose in life to be an ambassador, we need to persevere. Ministry is not, okay, I'm going to start it and boom, there's this fantastic choir. No. It's little by little by little, and we plug on. And Galatians 6, we don't go grow weary in well-doing. We keep on. We keep praying, even when we're discouraged. And uh, God will honor that, and God will bless that. This ladies' Bible study, that finally came about as after almost two years of inviting those ladies in the house and working with them and trying to build their trust. And finally, they were, they were willing and open for this Bible study. So uh, ministry um, takes time and we need to keep at it. And that's just part of that, that package. As we consider this purpose, think of your platform, your specific uh, life and what you can do. Pray about it. God, show me. Show me what I can do. Is it through my church? Is it in my school? In my neighborhood with my family? I don't know how. 
There's, there's so many opportunities, but pray about it. Step out in faith. Be prepared. There will be challenges. There will be problems. And keep on. And keep on. And those are four things as we just came home and analyzed what has is, what is, what is God taught us uh, that come to my heart. Remember, love the Lord your God with all your heart. Go into all the world and make disciples of all, your nation, of, of all nations. Live your life as an ambassador for the God of this universe. And I don't mean just in the nation around the world or the tribe or the country. Do it, start here. Do it here. And God has exciting things uh, planned for you. We want to say thank you to Calvary Bible and um, your support and prayer for us. I know you don't see us and maybe even who are the Vanderwerfs and that kind of thing, but you are having a part in, in what's going on down there. And uh, we're going to finish with just a, a, a few minutes of video to show you that concert a little bit. And um, again, thank you so much for allowing us to partner with you to serve Christ in Mexico. May God bless you.